0: Welcome to the MercyCast, where we're learning the art of compassion through the adversity of life. I am your host, Raleigh Sadler, and over the past 10 years, I've started a nonprofit that helps people better care for their most vulnerable neighbors. Along the way, I've met a lot of friends who are on a similar journey, each of us learning new things about ourselves and each other with the more adversity that we face. Today, I want to talk about finding peace. In difficult situations, it is so easy to hit a wall in life and your life just go haywire. When something outside of our control happens, it's very easy to want to throw in the towel, want to give up, and feel like we're failures. Brian is a chef. He's known for his many TV appearances. He travels around the world, and he consults restaurants to help them be better at what they want to do. But as many of you know, in 2020, the world came to a standstill a global pandemic happened. Most of us were stuck at home. And so what do you do when you are traveling around the world? What do you do when your career depends on getting out there? Today, I'm joined by Chef Brian Duffy. He's with the Duffified Experience Group, and he has been on the Food Network, Spike TV, NBC, ABC, everywhere that has food on TV. You've probably seen Brian. And I first came into contact with Brian on the hit show Bar Rescue. Brian, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure, man. It's been been a long time since we've chatted. Yeah, I know, man. It's just exciting to be able to talk again. And so as I'm thinking about just all the things you do, you're everywhere all the time. Now, what did that look like when the pandemic hit? What was going through your mind?
1: You know, it's funny. I was, we all... Kind of in that January part of the year, February, started to hear about stuff that was going on and what was happening out there, not in our not in our own backyard. It was happening across the world. It was not something that was happening to us. So I think we all kind of chilled out and listened and had a little bit of concern. And then March hit, and I remember kind of starting to see little things canceling. Hey, we're going to slow down on this event. We're going to back off of this. And, and then, boom, next thing you know, it's March 13th. And I was on a conference call with one of my clients who had said, hey, we're canceling our events for this year. We don't know what's going to happen, so we're going to cancel them for right now. So at that moment, I, I lost my salary in reality. You know, I had worked with GE, was General Electric, was the company. I'd worked with them for a little over 15 years, doing spokesperson stuff for them, doing appearances for them, doing live demonstrations. I had a really great gig of going across the country, doing live events for their high-end clients and designers. And that all went away in a matter of seconds. Like it literally was a five-minute phone call. And I got off the call and I was like, what are we going to do? And at that point, I had, I had a restaurant in Philadelphia. Weird, I had, in, I had partnerships in other restaurants that I kind of walked away from or said, hey, look, I'm going to back off. Let me cash out. Let me do this. Let me do that. And that happened in January. All of those restaurants got shut down in March. Wow. So one of my last, one of my clients that I was working with at that point, who happens to be one of my best friends, a Florida guy, was like, we're still going to see what's happening on St. Patrick's Day. So fly down here. So I flew down to Fort Myers on March 13th or 14th, went down and it was just a super weird vibe. Like we didn't know what was going on. And I remember being afraid to get on the plane, which I never have fear of planes. I got on the plane and I landed in Fort Myers, Florida. And my buddy picked me up and he handed me like a box of masks, a box of rubber gloves and OR wipes. Like one of those big, removable things that they use in the operating room after operating on people to clean the surfaces. When I checked into the hotel and the first thing I did was wipe down every possible surface that was there. And I, And I just remember being like, Jesus, like this is craziness. This is craziness right now. Yeah, this um, is not the way it's supposed to be. Event, no, not at all. And then it was like on March 17th, everything got shut down. Like March 16th was really where the government said, everybody's got to shut down, stay home, don't go anywhere. And I was in Florida. So we did a, a very random appearance. And I flew home the next day on March 18th. And I walked into the airport in Florida after everything's now completely shut down, except for these going out flights. And I had a mask on my face. I had a hat. I had glasses. I had rubber gloves on. I had like My, my OR wipes under my arms so I could wipe off everything that was near me. And I flew home and I called my staff of the restaurant. I had a barbecue place in Ardmore, Pennsylvania called Ardmore Q. And I called my whole staff and said, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to work or do you want us to shut down? And 95% of the crew of my restaurant said, we're going to work. My daughter was the only one who didn't because my uh, my ex-wife, her husband works in a hospital. So Fiona was like, I'm not comfortable coming in and then going home to mom's at the same time if there's a potential for Michael getting sick. So Fiona really was the only one who didn't work in the restaurant during those first three months. And at that moment, every single restaurant had to make a decision about what they were going to do. So I'm trying to deal with clients. I'm trying to run my own life. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my bills after losing one of my biggest clients that I've worked with over 15 years. So it it was literally like a come to Jesus moment. What do you want to do? How are you going to do this? And I think that being a chef puts you into a different situation in the ways to handle adversity, the ways to handle stressful situations. We can not freak out because then we don't we don't solve the problem so we literally have to come up with a solution on the fly and make it work so we literally pivoted week after week after week for everything that we did and and that was kind of where it all everything just kind of exploded on many levels for me professional personal pretty much everything uh pandemic was probably my greatest two years of my life so
0: yeah and that's fascinating to hear because so many of us Remember that when the pandemic hit, everyone was freaking out about restaurants. What's going to happen to those working in the service industry? What's going to happen to those who don't have anything else to really fall back on? They're servers. What are they going to do? Where are they going to serve? And then I remember in New York at the time, a friend of mine was just like, yeah, there's this bar and, and they just started sending out 32 ounces of beer to go or these people are really focusing yeah. on carryout and everyone had to pivot because yes, we were all collectively uncomfortable. We were all nervous. None of us were certain about the future. And it's it's so interesting because this is such a make or break moment. And, and I'm picturing your conversation with the staff at Ardmore Q, kind of like a brave heart slash goodwill hunting mm-hmm. moment. Was there like, oh, captain, my captain, yeah. were they standing on their desks or-
1: What happened in that moment? I mean, they were all... Everybody was like, yeah, we're good to go. Because everybody wanted to work. That was the thing. They were going to make more money working. So let's be realistic about what happened. And one of the benefits that came out, first off, the pay, the minimum wage for tipped employees in the state of Pennsylvania is $2.83 an hour. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when I get cash tips... Those cash tips typically would go into the pocket. The credit card tip, not me, but staff, restaurant staff. Cash tips typically would go into the pocket. Credit card tips were declared. So if I made $1,000 a week pre-pandemic as a server, and and then pandemic hit, when you go to file for unemployment, it's based off of how much you've made in the past couple of quarters is the way that unemployment works. So if I declared that I made $25,000 in the year, then I was going to receive unemployment based off of $25,000 in the year. So all of those people then started to get their unemployment and it was like 383, you know, they're getting 385 bucks based off of what they were making before of a thousand dollars. Whereas if we would have paid the employees more money, they ended up, they would have ended up making more money through the pandemic without the stipends and all the other stuff, just on the unemployment section, if they would have declared what they realistically made. So, a lot of people were like, I can't believe that this is what's happening to me after working in the hospitality industry for 10 years. I'm, I'm getting an unemployment check of 385 bucks, whatever it works out to be. So, we as the restaurant industry truly had to pivot into a different world. We had to pay our employees better. And we had to really take full, you know, take advantage of what was going on with the situation. And that's what I did. I, I said, all my staff, you're guaranteed 40 hours a week. If that's what you want to do, you can work as many hours as, as you can. I put my sous chef went on salary. Uh, one of my other cooks went on salary. You know, we took care of those guys. And then my front of house staff was still hourly and tipped. But we split tips amongst the whole restaurant at that point. That was one of the first things that we did. We made a lot of changes to the way that happened. But my staff was really excited to be able to continue to move forward. And we followed all protocols, man. I mean, we had tents outside where people could walk in, walk up, and place their orders. We had, uh, you know, our staff was behind glass. We had we had rows. We were constantly washing hands. I mean, our, our staff was like taking gloves off in between and washing in public because we wanted everybody to see that that's what we were doing. And then one of the big things was because the hospitality industry was hit so hard, we started to do a thing called staff meal, which staff meal in the restaurant is when we feed the the crew. One guy or girl typically makes a meal. We put it on a table. Everybody walks over. If you've ever seen the movie Burnt or Chef, you see what a staff meal is. One person or two people make a meal, they put on a table, everybody walks over, you grab your food, usually you sit around and you talk and you go through that. Well, what we did with that was you could buy a staff meal for 10 bucks, and that would feed three hospitality workers. So we put post-it notes, we had post-it notes all over the window, you could walk in as a hospitality employee and take a, a, a meal, a ticket down, and you'd be able to get a staff meal for free. So we would we would feed you. We had and it was half a chicken. Sometimes it was a quarter rack of ribs with four sides and french fries. Like, you know, I had people that would come in with their families and they walk in with four people and they show me their last paycheck of, of a restaurant that I know that closed three weeks ago. And we would give them six meals like here. We eat these today and take these home and eat them for tomorrow. You know, so we got into that. And then from there, we started getting into feeding hospitals. Fox News picked us up and started talking about us on Fox News. And then I had corporate corporations calling me, hey, we have $500 raised to help feed frontline workers. And it just kind of kept this tier going. So my staff stayed busy over and over and over and over again. And we had a blast. So for me looking at my staff that day with this kind of fear in their eyes because of what, and they were young, man. My oldest employee at that point was 23. Okay. So, so imagine being 23 years old, not sure if you're going to have a job, not knowing what the hell's going on in the world. You can't go out, you can't go anywhere. You know, so we maximized everything we could with inside the restaurant. It was awesome. We had a blast. It was just one of my favorite times. That first three weeks of constant pivot was unbelievable. I fell more in love with the restaurant, my staff, cooking, barbecue, every part of it was a growth experience for me.
0: Now I feel like you are describing the plot to the movie Chef. You know, you're falling back in love with what you do during a very heinous and horrible time for so many in the service industries. And and it's interesting. I didn't even know this. I didn't know that Fox News picked this up. I didn't know that you started small yeah. with the needs that were in front of you. And that's one thing I say with my organization, Let My People Go all the time, is if you want to fight global injustices, start with the things that are in front of you. Start with the needs that present themselves to you and pull that thread to see where you're led. Like, see what's going, see what's going on. Yeah. And you in a real way took a vulnerable group of people, restaurant workers, and said, hey, we want to help those who are in the hospitality industry. And then you're caring for first responders. You're giving people good, delicious comfort food. And I love how this moment that impacted all of us that could ultimately end our forward motion, it could send us into depression. You saw that as an opportunity and you led scared workers to ultimately seize this opportunity. And so as you were doing that, What did finding peace look like?
1: Honestly, it was for me at the end of every day, I loved that I could get into my car and drive any direction and not see another human being. There was something about what I felt was a total reset. We had an opportunity as a race, a human race, Because when in the world can we, when in our lifetime, can we remember a time where the entire human race had one common goal, which was to not get sick and not get other people sick. And it's why we started to do things like. You know, my way, the highway, one of the things I told you about, which was a $5 hamburger that changed every single week. And we did everything we did. We put frozen smoked brisket fat that we ground up into burgers. Like we went all out, but it created a sense of community. And then from that community, I was able to start to reach out in a bigger circle. So my circle went from from Argyle Avenue to now moving up to Lancaster Avenue to now moving up to King of Prussia. Now it was like, I started really small with my neighbors and then we grew from that point. And that was a piece for me. But the other part of that came to our entire world was resetting itself. They were saying, you know, there, there's there's scientific facts that are showing that 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 animals that were going extinct actually became off of the extinction list because there was no human involvement that the earth, they were hearing geologists were hearing things happening inside the core of our earth that we had never heard before because it was so peaceful up on, on planet earth. And there was so much opportunity to, to better ourselves. And for me, I started a, a routine of meditation. I started a routine of a little bit more of a spiritual angle to things. Really a much more thought-provoked rather than reactionary response to things which is what we've all been used to in so many years, is reactionary. So it put me in a really calm, peaceful, I was hiking, I started skiing again, uh, I was mountain biking all the time, I, my, my top was off my Jeep. As ev- every opportunity, I started dating, like it was unbelievable. And it put me into a really great mindset. So I found a tremendous amount of peace out of that it's
0: so interesting, too, because we think that just because something is uncomfortable, that means it's bad. We think that our yeah. comfort should be prized above everything. We have to protect our interests. We have to protect our comfort. And the pandemic was a reset in that way. Like, all the things that we had been used to are now taken away. And so what are we going yeah. to do? But what is interesting about what you were saying, like, so much of it comes down to... It's on us to find peace. It's on us to ultimately look for things that we need. If we have a need that is not being met, then we have to figure out how to meet that need. And so I love how you're saying, I started with the people around me. We built a sense of community and then we built out. So many people focus on, I just need to have the biggest thing right now. And they're not focusing on the actual people. They're focusing on programs. They're focusing on, their fame, their ego, but you're saying there are people in our community who are suffering, who need a good time. So I'm going to create the my yeah. way and the highway. And if those people come in and want to get mad because I put onions on a burger, it's my way or
1: the highway. You know the drill, you know the rules. And everybody, you know, there were, look, we had, we had an unbelievable community support around us. People were flocking to get into the restaurant, they were dying to get in, not dying, but. They were flocking to us, whether it was over the app, whether it was online, whether it was phone calls, whatever it was. And there were a lot of really negative people that I, I kicked out of the restaurant. Hey, do me a favor. Don't ever come back in here again. You're not welcome in here because we're trying to create a sense of community around here and you're a negative person and we don't want you here. And it got that's how I started redoing the way that, The online reviews were happening. You know, we would have a tremendous amount of online reviews while I was in the restaurant almost every single day. So I knew what orders were what and who was talking about it. So if you gave us an online review, we would review you back. And there were multiple times that we had people. Like I had one guy, my wife loved the chicken. My son thought the ribs were the greatest thing ever. But I had the brisket and it just wasn't that good. So I'm giving you one star review and we're saying, well, hey, I can't wait to see your son and your wife again, but don't ever come in the restaurant. We don't want you. <laughs> you know, it's just not the world that we live in. So we got to a point that it was we had to kind of curb what people thought was normalcy of negativity. We had to curb it. And we curbed it really hardcore. I had people throwing things at me because I kicked them out of a restaurant because they called one of my employees a fat pig. Okay, not well, okay. guess what? You can leave, you're not allowed in here. And I walk in front of them and I slowly push them out the front door. Don't ever come back here again. And then you're going to go online 13 seconds later and give me a review on Yelp. Okay, well, here's the video. Let's do that. I pull it up from my, like it was, <laughs> There were there were so many people that were trying to wreak havoc on people that were just genuinely trying to live, and so we took advantage of that, and and unfortunately, it gave us more social media than we actually needed in that way, because we didn't want to be known as the negative place, and that's why, that's why my way or the highway came too. Just trust me, trust the process. I am not gonna fail you. You're a 45 year old man who doesn't like the taste of onions. Well. Maybe you've never had them cooked the right way before. Why don't you trust me and let <laughs> me show you? Because my onions are sliced paper thin so they melt in your <laughs> mouth. When the juice of the burger drips through that with that perfectly salted heirloom tomato and shredded lettuce on a bun that's got a, a whipped regatta emulat sauce on it. Like, shut up and eat the burger. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> and not only, that, not only that, it was $5. It was a $5 hamburger. You know, so it was like there was so much opportunity there for so many people to become such wonderful human beings. And I see so many people that became that out of pandemic that have been could become compassionate, that have become just much more genuine people. Um, And other people took it a different level. We chose not to hang out with those people.
0: Well, and I love how you were finding your people in a very stressful situation and in a stressful cultural moment but you were also yeah. you were setting boundaries you were telling people what was okay and what was not okay yeah. and honestly in a lot of ways you were reinventing the dining experience around the needs of the moment you weren't saying because you've heard this you've been in this industry for a very long time you've heard yeah. the customer's always right you know i've worked in several restaurants one thing i've learned they're not, not all the time, but we, yeah. we do want to give customers a great experience. We want to give them something that they can't have. We want them to know that life may not be as dark as, as they feel like it is in this moment, that there is something to hope yeah. in, there is something to hope for, and you're giving them a taste of the world that they ultimately want. I mean, when you were describing that hamburger, I'm like, Yes, please. Like I haven't eaten yet. And I want that so badly. Yeah. But you're building a community. You're growing in peace as you are finding kind of your foothold in that. And I think that's beautiful. And as I'm thinking about what our listeners are thinking right now, is I love your stories. I love what you've experienced. Do you have like one or maybe a couple of ideas of ways that people can find peace?
1: in the difficult situations that they're facing. So if you want to learn about people or you want to learn about what's going on in the world, have conversations with people. You know, that's the first thing. You know, so I think that what came out of pandemic was an opportunity to see other people's perspectives about what was truly happening in the world that we were blinded by through social media, Facebook, Instagram, and all of that stuff. So for me, if, if I can say anything about how I think that people can lead a little bit more of a peaceful life in those situations is take into account that, that, that not it's not all what's on the surface. There's a lot that goes a lot deeper than that. And when we can take a look at those situations and look at it objectively instead of in a judgmental manner, then it can change the way that we see the world. A lot of really, really good stuff happened during pandemic. And whether you're a conspiracy theorist or not, look, I hated getting the vaccine. I couldn't stand it. And Raleigh, in reality, I just got a flu shot the other day. And an hour later, I had the flu, you know, that shut me down for two days. And thank you, 11 pounds later. That's what okay? I'm talking about. It's the greatest diet <laughs> in the world. 11 pounds later, I'm feeling strong. But But am I going to sit around and complain about I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. So I got the vaccine because I trusted the people that I was talking to. And and in reality, to fly, I had to have the vaccine. Right. To go to another state, another yeah. country, I had to have that vaccine. Am I going to lie about it? No. Did I get COVID twice? I did. It sucked. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it shut me down for a couple of days both times. But you know what? If I didn't have the vaccine, I can't imagine what I would have felt like. Or if I would have made it through. Do I still have respiratory issues from it? I do. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of set me back a little bit with some of the things that I do. But but what do I do now instead of that? I do breathing exercises. I breathe every morning. This morning, I did I did fire breathing. I don't know if you've ever done fire breathing before. It's a way of breathing... That raises your heart rate up and it raises the temperature within your body. Just by doing that, my face got flushed. Okay, so by changing my breathing, I'm working on my internal breathing. And then we also do four-part breathing. We do four, eight, and seven-part breathing. It's just really weird stuff that most of us don't ever think about. We're so comfortable in our lives. Our bodies are comfortable in ourselves. We walk into a temperature-controlled house. I preset my car before I get into the car by hitting the button twice, and I get into a preset temperature. I go into a preset temperature of a restaurant. I go into a preset hospital. I go in. Everything is, is comfortable around us. Make yourself uncomfortable for a little while. You know, It's like the cold showers that I take. The cold shower that I take that sucks, but it changes my body. My body works differently. Okay. And I find that as fifty-one years old, I gotta make some changes in my life because traveling around the country drinking bourbon and eating fatty foods doesn't make you feel good at 51. So I started to have to make changes. Did I listen to other people? No, I did my own research on it. And a lot of it had to do with breathing and the way that our body temperatures work. So I'm a weird dude like that. No, but I, I love it. I love it. And I cut you off, but what were you you about to say? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I just... You know, there's so many... You know what's really weird? There's a great there's a great show out there. And it's kind of a kitschy little thing, but it's called Down to Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, Zach you, with Zach Efron. With Zac Efron. He cracks me up. He's just kind of a goofball. He's still like a frat boy. And I really like Darren. I think he's awesome. But the second season was probably one of the more beneficial seasons to me. Because they're in the on, pandemic. And on a level because of pandemic, but also because he spent three months living in Australia during pandemic and learned. And we got to see uh, different companies that are growing. Like one company is making plastic wrap out of potato byproduct, which by the end of 23, this product is going to replace plastic at the same exact price using the same equipment. How are we as a community not going to embrace that? If you're not, then you're you're just. It doesn't make sense to me, you know that. And there was a lot to, that had to be said about the way the earth works and and the way that that breathing and and all of that stuff is taken into account. Um, if you get a chance, take a look at the show. It's kind of kitschy, it's kind of cute, it's kind of fun, but it's very informative and very educational, and it's something that has to do with every single one of us. You know that old what was it? I don't know when the mantra came out or when this tagline came out, but think, you know, act locally, think globally, Mm. is really a a pretty poignant statement. Mm -hmm. If we all take our little world Mm -hmm. that we live in and we start to cultivate that and do things a little bit differently, then we can influence other people not to think the way that we do, but to think outside of the box. Because I don't think we're thinking individuals as much as we used to be. We are so used to being told what to wear, what to buy, what to eat, what to drink, what to drink out of, where to go, we need to think a little bit more for ourselves. And to me, that's what I did during pandemic. I thought to myself, I need to get the hell out of Dodge, Raleigh. I got to go somewhere else besides Ardmore, Pennsylvania. And by doing that, it opened up my mind to different people, different worlds, different experiences. I love that people started to cook more. I think that's one of the greatest things that happened because sharing is caring. Yeah. You know, I make soup at my house or, or a meal at my house and I put everything in quart containers and my neighbors laugh at me because I walk around the neighborhood and give out soup. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I don't know, we, we got we to gotta look outside the box. We got to stop being told what to do and start thinking for ourselves a little bit more.
0: And I feel like that, to summarize this conversation, especially as you gave us places where we could find peace, you're basically saying, make it your own journey, have conversations with people, don't just be told, but look to learn from other people, see other perspectives, take into account that life doesn't happen on a surface level, that there is always more going on. Make yourself uncomfortable because it's in our discomfort that we're shaken away from the things that keep us from experiencing life the way that we should. And I think as we dive yeah. into these things and we dive into our community, we're going to find peace in a way that we never have ever before. And so for me, this is a perfect note to end <laughs> on. Brian, thank you so not much. COVID. <laughs> he does,
1: not, he does COVID. not
0: have COVID. Thank you so <laughs> much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely my pleasure. And we need to, yes yeah, start with our communities. And I mean, look, the barbershops are going away. You know, the, the the beauty salons are going away where we used to get our information, where we would talk about things. We would debate openly about stuff. Now it's fighting. Now right. it's fighting. Right. I don't like you. Because you dyed your hair red. Yeah. Those days, like my ultimate world that I want to open up, I want to open up a barber shop with a tattoo shop next to it and a barbecue shop next to that. So you can go in and eat some barbecue, get a tattoo, sit down and have a conversation while you get your beard trimmed. Oh. Well, Brian, thank you so much. And yeah, you
0: just gave us so much to, oh man, I'm going to make this pun. You gave us so much to chew on
1: today. I love it. Shoot. You can pun
0: it all day. I'm good with that. Dude, I'm all about puns. Anyone who knows me will know that they're like, those are dad jokes. I'm like, okay. They're great. That's fine. Yeah, You know, most of the people (laughs) my age grew up with good comedy. So yes, we're going to continue those jokes. Yeah, it's fine. And so thanks again, man. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. If you want bonus episodes as well as a plethora of other resources, become a paid member at LMPG, Let My People Go, LMPG.org for $10 a month. You'll gain access to our bonus podcast More Mercy where we dive deeper with our guests. And also, don't forget to smash that subscribe button and leave Mercycast a five-star review. Till next time, have mercy on yourselves and each other.